everyone. I'm Christine Bentley with Kate Wheeler. We hope you're enjoying your weekend and are so happy you made the time to join us this Saturday here on What She Said, brought to you this week by Kobo Open Up. Do you get out and about much in the winter? Well, Kevin Forjet from Ontario Tourism is going to tell us about all the spectacular things you should be doing this winter. And if you have a student in your life, a child, a neighbor, a grandchild, then you will want to listen to our guest, Jennifer Flanagan from Actua. Our country wants lots and lots of coders, and they're spending big bucks to encourage the learning generation to take a look at the STEM fields, science, technology, engineering, and math. As the crisis to shelter Toronto's homeless continues, Lou Odette is investing in the much-needed disruption the homeless are desperate for. In fact, in 2017 alone, P&L Foundation funded some of the most successful programs to reduce homelessness in this city that we've seen investing $4 million over the year. And Lou is going to tell us all about that. We will have the latest movie and TV reviews from film critic Anne Brody, and we'll have a chat about books that are guaranteed easy entry pay Age Turners with Tracy Nesdely, the Vice President of Communications at Rakuten Kobo. And in our live studio sessions, we'll be talking to singer Joey Nicheforo. In 2005, he made his professional debut as a member of the Canadian Tenors, and in 2006, he founded classical crossover act Destino. Don't forget to follow us on social media at What She Said Talk, and be sure to join us on Facebook Live every Wednesday at 10 a.m., where we give away our weekly swag bags loaded with great gifts from our generous guests and give you a preview of who's joining us on the show. That was a lot of G's in there, Christine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, a big thank you to Sam Pellegrino for keeping our guests hydrated in studio each and every week. We're going to take a short break, but what she said will be right back here on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. York Region. York Region. Radio from your point of view. 1059 The Region. Baby, there's nothing holding me back. You take me places that tear up my reputation, manipulate my decisions. Baby, there's nothing holding me back. Welcome back. I'm Kate Wheeler, and joining us now on What She Said is the Travel Promotions Officer for Ontario Tourism, Kevin Forgette, who is here to tell us about all the cool things to do in Ontario this winter. And with March break right around the corner, we are very glad you're here. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Yeah, thanks for having me. So tell us about your role at Ontario Tourism, because I know your handle is Ontario Kevin. That's yes. pretty big Yes, big it's boots. very official. <laughs> uh, my role, really, and in, in the safe way to say it is, my job is to kind of tell you all the cool things to see and do across the province. So all four seasons and to really go around the province, work with, you know, media across the province, but also just social media wise and go out to experience the different things that people can see and do no matter what the skill ability is or what you want to see or do. I kind of go out and experience it and then tell you about it. So it's not necessarily a government sponsored a place or event it's all kinds of things no so i work for the ontario government but the the nice part about being a government employee is i have to highlight everybody so i'm not tied to a specific resort i'm not tied to anyone in particular so that's the cool part is that i get to kind of experience a little bit of everything okay so i'm think i i'm not sure if you're going to be stumped by this but march break's coming up mm-hmm. is this winter 
I mean, it's more like April now. It, it, it's winter. I got my rubber boots on. I know, I know. I mean, what are you recommending people do? <laughs> With the warm weather, some things are going to be affected. So things like some cross-country skiing resorts mm-hmm. and some snowshoeing is going to be affected. But ski hills, so skiing and snowboarding, there is huge bases out there because we got a ton of snow when the season started. And when we had cold temperatures, they made a lot of snow. So a lot of the resorts, no matter where you're visiting across Ontario, have at least an 80 centimeter base. So that's wow, a lot. that's a lot. That's a lot. So mm-hmm. conditions may be a little sloppy, maybe a little slushy. But the snow's not going anywhere on the hills. So for March break or even this weekend or any other weekend, if you want to go out and enjoy the slopes, you can do that. And and what we really want to encourage people to do is try it. If you've never skied or snowboard before, don't be discouraged. Have you done it? Ladies, have you done it? Yes. yes. I've skied. Yes, yes. I, I have not snowboarded. I have not snowboarded. <laughs> no. My sense of balance is... is I'd have to have a pillow strapped there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> For a long time. I'm I think. a skier. My kids are 10 and 8, and they're both snowboarders, and we had them start young. We had them on the snowboards when they were three and four years old. Oh, so, yeah. I know all about that. I had one who broke his leg at three <laughs> on the hill. But if you get them started young, they like it, they like it and, it, and it makes the, the winters go a lot faster. If yes. you embrace the season and you find something that's going to entertain you during winter, mm-hmm. it's going to make the seasons not so bad. We moved down to Toronto recently, but we used to live in the little hamlet of Balsam just near mm-hmm. Claremont. Mm-hmm. So Skyloft. I was right behind yep. us, and we used to take the kids night skiing and Dagmar, like all of the, all the ski hills up around. And the nice part there, about those Lake resorts yeah. is that they're the resorts where they're kind of the feeder resorts, where you know a lot of people think, oh, Blue Mountain and the big hills. Don't think that all the resorts have the massive hills. A lot of them have yeah. some great hills, mm-hmm. but they're hills to kind of get you introduced. They mm-hmm. have the boards to rent. They have the skis to rent. They have all the stuff there to introduce people to the sport of skiing and snowboarding. It's also great family. Uh, Mm -hmm. entertainment, smaller resorts, because you can see your children, people sort of behave like a family, they watch out for other people's children, you're not kind of worried about six hills over, where are my children, right? Mm -hmm. What gully are they in? I mean, Uh, taking them to Whistler is, they've got to be mature. Exactly. And I love that you said that, because I say that all the time. My kids both play rep hockey. So when we're in the stands, they're on the ice. We don't do stuff together. So skiing is one thing that we can all do as a family. My wife and I both ski, both boys snowboard. So when we're on the lift, the kids are forced to talk to us. Yeah. You know, because (laughs) I'm just saying. Trap your your children. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. And you're still buying lunch. Exactly. And they're starving. But, you know, they want to hang out with us because we're we're going down the hills with them too. What about other things? Um... Ice fishing, I think, would be dicey right now. It, I've lo- done that, you know, and that's kind of fun. It's a lot of to fun. To do it once. <laughs> <laughs> the huts are warm. The a huts are the- warm, and it's very social. But I, I think now it's kind of dicey. Well, the conditions are slushy. Yeah. There's a, quite a bit of ice out there on Lake Simcoe. Not enough for me to, to, to take a shot. I, I would agree. You safety-wise. You know, safety-wise, OPP are going to start cautioning people so to do else? that. The one question I get this winter more than anything is the popularity of skate trails. So, you know, they just skate opened trails. skate trails. The Bentway under the Gardener just opened right. up. But skate trails have really blown up over the last couple of years. because Where the, are they? The big one was Arrowhead Provincial Park. So that was kind of the first one in Huntsville where they opened it up and literally they had to turn people away because so many people came from Toronto, from all over. And they're like a 1.3 kilometer trail through the forest. So as soon as people saw that was the thing to do, there's a brand new one now at uh, Blue Mountain Resort in Collingwood at the top of the mountain. 
mountain. So while you're skating, you're overlooking Collingwood. We've got them at Fern Resort. We've got them at Deerhurst Resort. And one that I really love too is in Bala at the Cranberry Marsh. So we all know Bala mm-hmm. as, you yeah. know, Cranberry, cranberry capital, capital. And you can go there and see the harvest of the cranberries and stand in the bog with the cranberries at your waist. I've done that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but in the wintertime, they've now opened a skate trail. And so you can skate around the bogs. Oh, cool. Sit by the fire, have some cranberry wine after. Yeah. And, and, the, and the nice part is a lot of the skate trails have certain nights where they line it with tiki torches. So at Aww. nighttime, they're lined by tiki torches. What more says romantic than skating but tiki torches? So, Kevin, all these areas that have it, and of course, Rideau Canal yep. is a... That's the I've big one. I've never That's done that. I was just going to say like that. To... The one thing I have never done is skate down the Rideau Canal. Yeah. But are there uh, places to stay around there? People could make a weekend out of it? For sure. Um, a lot of them have resorts around them, and, and they're different types of resorts. So you're going to get the more high and resorts and you're mm-hmm. going to get the more family resorts and one thing that we have on our website um, if you go to ontariotravel.net we have a trip planner tool so you get to choose your adventure so on there you can pick you know what you want to do if you want to go skating if you want to go skiing if you whatever and it will give suggested driving routes it will give suggested places for accommodations it will give suggestions on what you want to do over two days three days four days so there's definitely the accommodations there Mm-hmm. And we'll go, we used to take our kids in the summer, mind mm-hmm. you, to Fern. Uh, Fern Love Resort. Fern Resort. Um, and we've, we're talking about like going back for a reunion with all the people that used to go you know, when the kids were little because they had a great kids club. So it was like, bye kids. <laughs> but See now you. they have the skating they trail. They have a skate. I was so going to say, where is the skating trail? So it's in the bush. It's it's clean with a Zamboni. So they actually have their own Zamboni. So normally the trail that you would walk in the summertime. And the, or the, the jogging trail is it go around the all other? All the bush. Okay, and then exactly plus, you know, is. they clean off the, the ice there. You play some hockey. And I love, like you said with Fern, is the fact yeah. that you can kind of, your kids will be very busy. Fern and rolls and honey, <laughs> baby. Fern rolls. The rolls, the bread rolls are the, amazing. The bread rolls and the peanut butter pie. If you've never had the peanut peanut butter pie at Fern Resort, hands down, pretty darn good. So I'm noticing that everything you're talking about is outside. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, uh, Christine, I have to say, with with winter, (coughs) we talk about the skiing and the snowboarding and the skating. But you know when I mentioned about the the wine by the fire? Yeah. Apres ski. Yeah. The apres ski is, is even bigger because, you know, maybe... Maybe we would go skiing and then you would want to take a bit of a break. You know, go to these resorts. At the bottom of them, they have the wine. They have the spas. They, they have, have all the, the spas. Stuff. You can look like you hit the hills, dress the part, but then just go hang out in the chalet. That's totally you acceptable. You can wear your fancy mech snowsuit that you've got. Like, like look like you Mech just... snowsuit. That was for my Oh, I thought you got one for niece. yourself no. as well. No. Uh, but you could just, you know, you could wear that. You could like come in, look like you have just, you know, come off the Ski hills. Bunny. and. Yeah, you could be the ski bunny. But there's also, we could touch on the spa part. You know, oh. there are pretty spectacular spas. We know Scandinav Spa in, in mm-hmm. Collingwood, very popular, busy place, but they've also just opened up one just about two years ago in the village at Blue Mountain called the Ewa Spa. And I don't know what the technical term is, but you lay on these volcanic rocks and it pulls all the negative energy out of your body. You lay there and literally your job is to lay there and relax and do nothing. Hire me! <laughs> Kevin, you should arrange for us to go and do a live show there. I think that's a really good idea. Right on top of the (laughs) volcanic rock. I agree. Where can people follow you online? Uh, Where they can get information at ontariotravel.net. Yeah, so our website has everything, all four seasons, lots of great ideas. And then um, on Twitter and Instagram, my handle is at Ontario Ontario Kevin. Kevin. Follow along on the adventures. 
And uh, we will not forget you, Mr. Forget. <laughs> yes. um, thank you so much for coming in and, and telling us. And I think we've got our March March break lined up. Do we get March break if we don't have kids in school? Of course. I'm uh, sure okay. that yeah, we yeah. No, I'll sign the permission form for you. <laughs> I'll sign yeah, the yeah. permission form for us. Okay. This is what she said, and we will be right back here at 105.9 The Region. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Passion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. March break is coming up fast, and TAC Camps has you covered with tons of great programs in sports and education running all March break long. With locations in Richmond Hill, Thornhill, and Markham offering early drop-off and late pickup, TAC Camps will fit your schedule. Spots are filling up fast, so head to tacsports.ca to register today. York Region, this is your radio station, 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to What She Said. I'm Christine Bentley. Now, we all know that homelessness is a big problem that hits us all between the eyes during the winter season specifically. Mm-hmm. For many of us who read the headlines, we listen to news of more or less beds opening, closing. The central question still remains is this a solvable problem? Joining us now is someone who has a keener understanding of the issues at hand than most. His name is Lou Odette, and he heads his family's P&L Odette Charitable Foundation, which focuses on addressing homelessness and food security. Welcome to what she said. Thanks, Christine. So cutting straight to the point, what are we doing wrong in addressing this? We talk about it decade after decade, and things don't seem to be getting better. Well, just some background. We have in the city about 5,600 beds uh, available every night, and almost every night they're full. So uh, we know that the population is greater than 5,600. There's people who are couch surfing, uh, people who just don't make it into the shelters. We have a mass homelessness problem in the city, and it's a humanitarian disaster by any measure. And I think, uh, you know, if, if, if there were that many people homeless by a natural disaster, uh, there would be a proportional response and everybody would be on board to get all those people uh, housed right away. But not so much for the homeless population in Toronto. So we seem to be satisfied with a permanent temporary solution. But it's not just Toronto. I mean, no, no. L.A. has a huge issue. I mean, lots of big cities have big issues because people seem to gravitate towards the city. Well, L.A. does have a big issue, and L.A. has stepped up uh, over the past year. They had uh, two propositions. So all of these propositions have to be passed mm-hmm. by, uh, by 65%, I think, of the voters. And the first one added a half-cent 
to the uh, the sales tax. And the second one, now this is all in the same year, the second one uh, added a, a bond issue f- uh, to build new shelters and uh, provide new housing for but homeless then, people. But then there's the NIMBY problem, not in my backyard. People don't want the shelters built in those areas. We've seen that happen time and time again in right. Toronto. Yeah. Right? So is it because... Um, that the people that are out on the streets, a lot of them don't want to be in the shelters. I've, I've interviewed and done stories with lots of, over the years, and they feel they're safer out on the street than they are in the shelters. Well, the shelter, sometimes. you know, I, I think um, the thinking about this has gone from uh, treating people. Some of the people who are homeless have mental health yes, issues or do. addiction issues. So the thinking has gone from treating those issues uh, first before mm-hmm. they find them permanent housing to uh, the housing first solution. I think you're right. And, I think the housing first has to come because if you don't have the housing, then you don't have a base to help you get your life organized. Well, it's it's driven by data, really. There's a lot of data to show that that really works. If you can help people get stabilized and in a place where they feel safe and they're comfortable, then you can help them. Um, treat whatever their issues are. But it's not all the people who are homeless that have health or me- um, mental health or addiction issues. There's a large population that are transitional. They've lost their housing mm-hmm. for some reason or another. They've, Economics, uh, jobs. They've been addict- uh, evicted or economic reasons or whatever. Family breakup. Um, and they're homeless temporarily and they have issues. So they have to have uh, either be retrained or... Uh, provide some kind of services. Now, the city has a lot of money that they've allocated to this in the 2018 budget. It's a $235 million uh, that are going to homeless and housing services. A lot of that will go to the housing first, um, and the rest will go to homelessness. But uh, certainly there's there's a large chunk of money going towards that. I think the problem really is that we need some new thinking about this. Big institutions like the city and the bigger charities are not going to change courts on a dime. We need to look at the smaller charities that I think for three reasons are more are better positioned to address the homelessness issue well, or at least come up with new ideas. Well, the PNL Foundation, first of all, are you the Lou? Are you the I, L? No, no, that no, was my father. That was your father? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's your, it's your parents' names? Yes. Okay, so it's, it's been around for a while. Now, now well, uh, the PNL... Uh, 1975 it was incorporated. So the foundation has funded some of the most successful programs in the city that we've seen. I mean, in 2017, you invested, what, $4 million in EVA's initiatives? We, and community uh, food centers? Yeah, these, are, these are things that really help. We funded, uh, well, over the years, from 75, uh, a lot of money have gone in, has gone into uh, health issues, uh, education, and the arts in the city. But over the last couple of years, say the last five years, we focused on uh, homelessness. We gave a gift to St. Michael's Hospital of $10 million to fund an incubator to uh, identify some of the new ideas uh, that can help a homeless and then uh, reduce those to practice to the point where, because the city and the province and the federal government doesn't fund brand new things. They want things that are proven to work. Mm. So somehow you have to find a way to get those things proven. And that's why, even though uh, the program with St. Mike's was very successful. Over the last year, we've focused on the more um, more, more modest charities, the smaller ones, because we think that, first of all, most of the people there are providing direct and immediate service to the homeless, so they're experts in this area. Um, they're on the front lines. They have to in- improvise, and they uh, have to innovate. And um, for us, they're often in a position where they have leverage. They just don't have 
they, they have more capacity to do what they're doing uh, if they had some more money. So we know that by providing them some funds that's going to go immediately to helping that population as opposed to planning and studying and administration and fundraising and all those other things that big charities do. Um, so I, you know, I think that's where we need to look for new ideas. We have, as you mentioned in the last year, uh, funding that we've committed has totaled $4 million. A good chunk of that went to Eva's initiatives for a couple of uh, different programs there. They're a uh, charity in the city that uh, addresses youth homelessness. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, 20% of the population of the homeless people in Toronto are, are young people. Mm-hmm. That's astounding. And uh, Eva's is one of the groups that uh, works with the youth homeless, and they have innovated in a number of areas. One of them is a family reconnect program. They've identified, again, they're like a lot of these smaller charities, they're data-driven, so they're, they have to keep track of what's happening and how successful they are, and they can use that to understand um, how they can innovate in that space. But they saw that uh, if you take young people, uh, a lot of them are homeless because there's been some kind of family breakup. Mm-hmm. If you can maintain some kind of connection with the family, whether it's uh, electronic um, or by phone or whatever, a visit, over time, there's, they're much less likely to become chronically homeless. So that was a, a program that, that was- we allowed them to expand the additional uh, facilities that they have around the city. Okay, so so while people like you and your organization, your foundation, infuse money into people who are working on the front lines, what can each of us do in our day-to-day lives to help? Well, I, I you know, I think uh, it's easy to just uh, write a check. I, mm-hmm. I think you have to put more effort into it than that. You should do some research into the charities that you're going to uh, um, donate to. There's a lot of good sources. Charity Intelligence is a great source for that. Uh, the CRA, in fact, is a good source. I think you should get personally involved. Um, there's a lot of these charities look for uh, volunteer uh, efforts. Um, mm-hmm. I, and I think, um, I mean, long, you should have a long-term engagement with the charity. Mm-hmm. I think you should understand what they do and uh, put yourself into it. Pick one and stick to it. Yeah. Yep. Pick. More than more than just money. Obviously, you feel this is solvable with the with enough money I, and enough resources. Willpower. Willpower. I don't think it's solvable solvable no? without restructuring our society. I think it's just the in, in a market based society. This is what's going to happen. Um, you know, house prices are going to do what they're going to do. People are not going to be able to afford houses. They're going to become mm-hmm. homeless and. Uh, we're just going to have to figure out a way to service that population, like mm-hmm. we service all kinds of other populations. So where can people reach the P&L Foundation to learn more and also maybe donate? Well, uh, we have an uh, email address, info at odettefoundation.com, um, is where uh, charities or individuals who would like to find out more could uh, just send us an email and we'll see what we can do. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and reminding us about some of the real big priorities in life, which is looking after the the vulnerable, especially in our climate, Mm -hmm. but in any climate, really. Thanks for having me. This is what she said. Don't go away. We'll be right back here at 105.9 The Region. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. 
Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com slash TC or call 416-340-7270. Want to know more about the music and the musicians you love? Today we're talking about five bands that have been at it for a very long time. The entire album was recorded over three weekend sessions for a cost of $6,000. Whenever I do an impression of Bob Dylan, that's the only line that I do. Tangle up in blue. That's, that's it. And you that's, do it That's all I do. Well. I can't do it again. Do it again. Tangle up in blue. <laughs> what that Eric Alper knows will spin your head Sundays on What She Said Talk. When it comes to getting the perfect gift, it's the thought that counts. Have everyone in York Region thinking about your special someone's birthday with a 1059 Birthday Club. Hey, happy birthday! Submit their name and date of birth on our website or email birthdayclub at 1059theregion.com. We'll announce their birthday live on air, weekday mornings at 745 and afternoons at 515. And what's a birthday without a gift? Your special someone could also win a spectacular gift in our monthly draw. It's the Birthday Club. Ooh, sure are a lot of candles on that cake. On 105.9 The Region. Saturday night at the movies Who cares what picture you see When you're with your baby Let's roll in the balcony and joining us now is film critic Anne Brody, who has this weekend's rundown of what to watch and to avoid at the movies as well as on TV, starting with the chilling Russian drama Loveless. Oh, wow. This is something else. It's brilliant. It's up for an Oscar for Best Foreign Language. It's about a warring couple, quite well-to-do, living in Moscow in a condo, and their marriage is breaking up. They're just vicious to one another, and they spend all their time fighting or glued to their phones and pay very little attention to their boy, who's about maybe six. So they send him out to walk in the woods, and that's how he leads his days. He has nobody. And the little boy who plays Alyosha is so stirring. He's just got this beautiful face. Anyway, he disappears. He's been missing for two days before they notice. So then then it begins. So this is about, um, it's about neglect and, if you ask me, it's about hatred. <laughs> it's oh. very powerful. Whoa. Very good. What about Annihilation with Natalie Portman? I love Natalie Portman. She's great. Actually, you're going to love this one. It's about four women who go into a jungle to an environmental disaster area. They've sent in a lot of different troops of men over the years. None of them returned. So they get the women to go in, and they're all scientists at the top of their game. So they they enter this area called the Shimmer, which is sort of a sci-fi thingamajigger. Um, and they notice that everything in there is mutated. Nothing is the way it should be. There's there's no rule of natural law. And the, the most striking thing to me as a gardener, and Kate as a gardener, is the plant life. Everything is being choked and taken away by the most stunning flowers. It's robbing everything of life. So they get in, they go in, and they find the encampment where the men were who disappeared last, including her husband. And they find video and photos to give an insight into what happened. This is really chilling stuff. Hmm. Uh, Oscar Isaac 
is pronounced dead, and he suddenly appears in in Natalie Portman's house. <laughs> it's just so shocking and odd and challenging. Well, we're seeing, and of course, he made Ex Machina last year, ah, so a couple wow. of years okay, ago. Okay, now, shockingly odd and maybe not worth seeing. Nick Cage is back. <laughs> I love it. He's so great. You know how crazy is he, good? he is. He's a nut. Mom and Dad. This is a comedy horror. Comedy horror. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Nick is in fine form. He's Looney Tunes. We all know that. And we all know that he does dances in his movies that are mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. indescribable. So there's this scene, I, I won't set it up, but there's a scene where he's in the basement smashing his billiards table into pieces while he's singing the hokey pokey. And then he starts running after his children to murder them. I'm sorry, I shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> oh, boy. Not really? <laughs> See, the problem is this. Some sort of unexplained thing has happened in this suburban town where all the parents are turning on their children. And not only that, the grandparents are turning on their children, so everyone's at war. And the timing for this actually couldn't be worse, could it? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, so far, I'm not going to the movies at all. <laughs> See, oh, Loveless is great. Well, I mean, really? it's, yeah. It's what about uh, the Lodgers? That's another chilling sound. Another chilling one where the where the kids are the problem. It's it's just very odd. Okay, so Victorian Ireland, these children are living in a mansion that's belonged to their family for two hundred years. There, there have been many many suicides in the pond and um, creatures living in the house, and these kids can't tear themselves away. Eventually, one of the village boys comes by and says, you don't want out anyway. It's far worse outside than it ever could be inside. Well, not true. Um, and there's all this psychosexual, dark monsters, mishmash. Bit tough to take. Not that interesting. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think I'll miss that one. <laughs> yeah, you might want How to. How about uh, the documentary Quest? That's fantastic. A filmmaker spent 10 years living with a family, um, an African-American family, to see what would happen. And he arrived on the scene with his camera during the uh, early Obama years. And the cameras stay with him, with them until the 2016 campaign. So we see everything that happens in their daily lives and how they, how they struggle and survive and provide for the community to, to mm. give back. Um, it's quite powerful and really sweet and tender. Okay, now uh, I'm looking forward to this an eight part series, McMafia. Oh, it's great. With James Norton, yeah, right? from Grandchester. Grandchester. Yes, right. indeed. So he plays the English born son of Russian mobsters. So he's totally mobbed up, but he has done everything that he can to distance himself. He's gone to Oxford and he's a businessman. Well, uh, People in the family are, are being murdered, so he's pulled back in, and he, he is so out of his depth. He is so terrific to watch, and this is a very clever, fun, fun series. Okay, and and, uh, and last but not least, BritBox is here, and you love this. It's a new streaming service? Right up my alley, and I think yours, and probably yours if you'd look at it. It's all <laughs> the best of BBC <laughs> and ITV. So you name it, from the past 20, 30 years to you can get current shows in Britain 24 hours later. Awesome. That, that is good. Oh, I'm excited. Can you excited. imagine? Thanks, Annie. Ooh, you're welcome. See you next week. See you next week. 
Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Passion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit KearnsandCo.com. The Spark of Markham. CFMS 105.9. The Region. If you're going away for March break and need a good book for the beach, or you're just looking for an easy escape from the winter and dull, gray, wet weather, our next guest has you covered. Joining us now is Tracy Nesdaly, the Vice President of Communications at Rakuten Kobo Inc. Welcome back to What She Said. Thank you. It's great to be here. So, you have um, a few books that you say are guaranteed easy entry, page turners, that will grip you right away. That's it, because that's what we need, right? Exactly. We need something that's just going to get us out of here. You remember those books where page 259, you actually started being interested? <laughs> going, I do okay, remember now those I books. Get... <laughs> these are not those books. No, these are not, okay. those these books. are not those books. So first up is Sunburn by Laura Lipman. Well, Sunburn's got a nice ring to it, yeah. doesn't mm-hmm. it? And it's gray, wet weather. Sunburn is um, it's a twisty, turny, strange what's really going on what are they up to oh um, diabolical kind of a tale so laura Littman, the author has taken a riff on the postman always rings twice and those kinds of noir mm-hmm. stories and you don't quite know who to trust or where to turn or really quite what's going on yeah who's, I, who's yeah. hunting who yeah i'd be you know with a flashlight under the covers you know it's a little bit morning <laughs> finish it it's a little bit like that yeah and it uh, has a very ruthless protagonist female Ooh. protagonist good a guy who seems lovely but is he really mm. oh. so. okay what about um the woman in the window by aj finn now this is a hot bestseller right now this is kind of all the buzz um and the woman in the window, when you think about that, you're thinking like you're walking down the street and you get a glimpse of a woman mm. in the window. Well, no. This woman is, for reasons that are explained slowly but surely, a bit of a recluse, agoraphobic. Mm-hmm. She participates in all kinds of online chat rooms and stuff, counseling other agoraphobics. <laughs> you know. <laughs> How to get out, how to stay in, what grocery service to use. I don't know. Anyway, she, uh, but what she does and how she sort of entertains herself is she spies on people. So she's always. She's Gladys Kravitz. Exactly. I remember Gladys. Yeah. I was bewitched by Gladys. Anyway, so she um, is is kind of constantly at her window with her various appliances, you know, (laughs) binoculars and such. And she sees something disturbing and then what's she going to do she's trapped Uh and what's she going to do kind of sounds a little bit like gone girl 
doesn't it? Yeah. It is a little bit like that in that it's got a similar kind of unreliable narrator. Um, she's got issues. What are her issues? She has a family that lives someplace else. They seem to like her. What's going on? And then what's she going to do with this dilemma where she's um, in possession of a secret and... You know, she's kind of cuckoo, so. Mm, okay. Yeah. You know? That would be a real dilemma if you couldn't go outside or get involved, but you felt that you should step in and help. Mm. And she really, really can't. Like, when she goes to get something out of the mailbox, she loses it. Now, so. one of these, a courtroom thriller, is a is a genre I love. I Me love too. It. I love a good. So this Me is too. Anatomy of a Scandal by Sarah Vaughan. So Sarah Vaughan is a is a former journalist, a political correspondent. So she's, um, I'm sure she knows where all the skeletons are really buried. <laughs> so this uh, might be a little bit of a, I don't know, there might be some hints in this book about the truth. Anyway, there's a, a fine, upstanding, charismatic, lovely, lovely guy. And mm-hmm. tell me if this rings any bells in the current, mm-hmm. what's going on in the news these days. Lovely guy. Stands accused of something absolutely terrible. His wife, of course, good woman that she is, thinks, nope, not him. Couldn't possibly be. Not my guy. Meanwhile, the, the prosecutor equally convinced that he's completely guilty. And each of them need to unravel this. Okay. Wow. Now, in a different vein entirely, apparently, is The Great Alone by Kristen Hanna. And, and this is um, a Vietnam story? It's kind of a Vietnam story. Um, it's a, it's literary fiction. It's really good and really engrossing. So the premise of this one is a uh, uh, guy comes back from the war, Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. He's been a prisoner of war. He's had a rough time, and he's just not integrating back into society all that well. Can't keep a job, having difficulty with the people around him, and so on, as you would expect. So he has this brilliant idea, and this is very dear to my own heart. He's just going to get off the grid. So he packs up his family, and they go to Alaska. And in the summertime, Alaska is great, and it's, you know, land where men are men, and everything's going his way. Then it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Things start to unravel. The weather turns. And we all know what weather can do to your mind. Absolutely. So he he starts to unravel and his wife and child realize how incredibly alone they actually are. So it's a story of human resilience, character, backbone, you know, all of that good okay, stuff. Okay, well, I don't think I can come in to work anymore. I think I'm just going to go home and read. Okay, and, uh, and this will make it easy for you because you'll be able to find this book list at Kobo.com forward slash what she said. We have our own our own, our own, our own little, little library. Our own little library. <laughs> and our and our book critic. Yep, Tracy exactly. Nesley. This is exactly. great. Uh, the What She Said Book Club. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. This is What She Said, and we'll be right back. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. March break is coming up fast, and TAC Camps has you covered with tons of great programs in sports and education running all March break long. With locations in Richmond Hill, Thornhill, and Markham offering early drop-off and late pickup, TAC Camps will fit your schedule. Spots are filling up fast, so head to tacsports.ca to register today. 
York Region. York Region. Radio from your point of view. 1059 The Region. Welcome back to What She Said. I'm Kate Wheeler. We know our government and industry leaders have been promoting a STEM, that's science, tech, engineering, and math education for our students. Ottawa has just recently put a healthy sum on the table to further this goal. And the largest recipient is a charity called Actua. And joining us is Actua's CEO and founder, Jennifer Flanagan. Welcome to What She Said. Thanks for having me. So, really happy to be here. Yeah, we're happy to have you because we want to learn about exactly what Actua is doing to encourage youth to get involved in STEM. Mm. So Actua is a national charitable organization, and we represent 35 university-based organizations that are delivering programs right across the country in 500 communities. And those programs are building skills and confidence in youth in STEM, in science, technology, engineering, and math. So we are out in communities, literally every day, hundreds of communities, every province and territory, getting kids excited about science. And uh, we're paying particular attention to youth that are missing in these fields. So we do a lot of work with girls and young women. Mm -hmm. We have a huge focus on indigenous youth. We're also working with youth facing other socioeconomic challenges. So really making sure that we have all youth uh, given the opportunities to to be empowered with with science. Tell us about the government grant and what this will help accomplish Mm -hmm. in your view. So... We are thrilled that the federal government has put $50 million behind digital skills, essentially. it's a, The program is called CanCode, and it really is to bolster the work that is being done to prepare youth for future career opportunities, to mm-hmm. get them ready. We don't know what careers are, are, are going to, to exist in the future, but we know they're going to need to be scientifically and digitally literate. So the government put this money behind it. Actua was a... a a very grateful recipient. So we're receiving $10 million, which we will use to scale up our programs right across the country. So this will enable us to deliver free programming to those groups that I spoke about who are underrepresented. And Google Canada and Microsoft yes. are um, matching yes. to some degree. Um, and, and and that says a lot. I think it says, I think it says a tremendous amount. So it it's saying a couple of things. One is Actua's approach has always been to partner with corporate sector and with governments to make change in this area. The fact that big companies who obviously have a vested interest in the technology sector are stepping up to say, it's not enough for us to invest in in this in university or in, in you know, reskilling our, our workforce. We need to start really early. So they're standing behind us and recognizing that uh, not only is it important to get to youth early and often, but we also have to be getting to youth who are uh, who are underserved and underrepresented. That needs to happen if they are to get the kind of diversity objectives that they're looking for. And they're very, very committed. We are so fortunate to work with like the best companies uh, in the world standing behind this work. So as I understand it, this particular grant is aimed at teaching young people how to code? That's right. That's right. Okay, so is there a forecast going forward of not enough coders or should everybody 
be learning how to code so they know how to get under the dashboard of their own website, as so it were. That's a great way to describe it. And yes and yes. So yes to both. <laughs> so yes, they, they, uh, yes, there is a forecasted need for uh, all kinds of, of uh, digital skills necessary, mm-hmm. you know, so from coders to programmers. Um, and where it's difficult to predict, as I said, you know, what jobs are going to exist in the future, we know that every single career is going to involve in some way digital skills. So already that is very pervasive across you know, mm-hmm. many different sectors, but that's going to become even more so. So we want to make sure that youth are, are prepared and have the mindsets necessary to actually create technology in the future. So just like you said, like getting under the hood, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that, that we're concerned about is that youth are amazing users of technology. So we all know that. Mm-hmm. We've seen yeah, them use yeah. it, you know. Um, but that doesn't mean they understand how it works. And that doesn't mean, definitely doesn't mean that they understand how to actually produce it. And we want to make sure that they have the skills to use technology to solve problems that matter to them. Why do you think it's so important to get, engage young children um, you know, to have an interest in it. Mm. I mean, I'm I'm asking this question also in terms of parents and grandparents, uh, how we can encourage. We're we're not you, yes, um, <laughs> but we we can encourage the young people in our circle. Mm-hmm. Um, we do a lot of work with parents and other influencers who are you know asking the same questions, like how do I make sure that my kids are ready for what comes in the future, and we don't want to necessarily be focused on career preparedness when a mm-hmm. child is in grade three or four, but we can start to talk about skills and we can start to, to look at confidence levels because we mm-hmm. know that those are the, that the confidence in particular is what is critical to make sure that kids are staying in these areas and not closing any doors prematurely. Well, I was going to say, for example, with me, I, th- I had this thing in my head about math. Yes. And yet mm. I have excellent deductive reasoning skills, yes. which math really is, right. but it's numbers. So it's that kind of thing where people, children think that they're not good at something That's when right. in actual fact. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that happens more with girls than with boys. Well, that's what I was going to say. But we, we, but we see that I mean, all these young girls that have won the Google Science yes. Award and Canadians, mm-hmm. too, and at 16, 17 years old. So are women young women and girls still less likely to pursue STEM careers in 2018? So we just today released a a new piece of research that we did where we went out and actually asked young Canadians about their attitudes and confidence around digital skills and coding specifically. And it resulted in a, a whole bunch of important findings, but one of them was the difference between how girls and boys are thinking about this. Girls are half as confident as boys are with regard to their skills in coding and digital skills, and half as likely to think about those careers in the future. So there are marked differences still. This was, a, this was research that's weeks old, literally. Do we know um, why? I, there, there are a number of reasons why. I think exposure is a key issue. So when we asked kids in this survey if they had participated in a coding or programming-based um, initiative outside of school, only one in 10 of them had participated, but a th- boys were twice as likely to have participated than uh, than girls. So parents are putting their sons in these types of programs more than they are putting their daughters in these types of programs by by a large margin. So exposure is key. So if they're not, if you weren't, you know, if you had been exposed maybe to one of these programs, um, that actually showed you how good you were in math, 
right? And they connected that to- Or how much fun it was. How or... fun it was, how applicable it was to, to real world experiences. Um, that might've you know, turned you in a, in a different direction. Exactly. And that's the kind of experience that we're trying to provide to youth. Okay, and how is Actua able to engage those who do not have the usual, mm. usual access? Mm-hmm. I'm specifically talking about the North and Indigenous yes. children. What's yes. your plan there? So we partner with hundreds of uh, Indigenous communities across the country. So First Nations, Inuit, and Métis communities who we are working with to deliver this program so that it's customized locally, so geographically, culturally appropriate, that it is uh, speaking to youth where they are. Um, so we have been doing this for 20 years. We have well-established relationships. We're currently engaging 35 thousand indigenous youth again right across the country in the north it's particularly challenging um, but we have been working a- across the the three territories again for the past 15 years we literally send teams of of, of our instructors up and they work in partnership with community and they deliver the same types of workshops and camps um, as they as they do in the south so we, we actually have teams right now uh, you know all across Nunavut who are delivering coding and digital skills programs for for youth where does Canada rank in terms of being mm-hmm. supportive of this mm-hmm. because I, I I'm delighted to, to to know there is an organization like That's, yours well I think we're I think we're 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 fair we're sort of in the middle um, um, we have a lot of work to do, though, to okay. catch up. So currently, uh, only three provinces have coding and digital skills as a part, mandatory part of their their curriculum. Uh, and we know that this is a basic. This is becoming a basic literacy. This is not about a subject area that's going to, you know, pass at some point in the in the near future. This is is a basic Critical. skill that that kids need. This to is have. the future. This is absolutely the future. So we need to play a bit of catch up, and that's why the the government's recent uh, investment is so important important for us to be able to scale the activities we're doing so that we're kind of filling that gap until schools can catch up. So where can people connect with you or find out more about Actua and what you offer um, so they can be supportive of their children? Uh, So we're, uh, our network of members is offering programs in hundreds of communities across the country and they can uh, find out information on our website, which is actua.ca. Actua.ca. That's pretty easy. I like, yes. it. I like it when you make Actua. technology Actua. easy. <laughs> Absolutely. That is the objective. Actua.ca. Okay. Um, and I still want to learn how to code. Chris yeah. Abel taught me a little bit. My daughter taught me a little bit. Fantastic. Um, and I, I think, everyone I should think learn. we should. Everyone should learn. Yes. Okay. Well, I'll go Next with you. Next time. <laughs> we'll bring in one of our young coders and we'll get her to teach you. Awesome. Are Thank you kidding? I can't yes. even... Yeah, you Turn can do it. Turn on my computer. You can do it. <laughs> okay, can. everyone can do it. Yeah. Thanks for coming, Jennifer. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. We'll be right back here at What She Said on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com TC or call 416-340-7270. Chinese New Year 2018. The Chinese New Year and the Year of the Dog begins on February 16th. 
If you were born in 1934, 1946, 1958, 1970, 1982, 1994, 2006, and 2018, you too are a dog. Those born under that sign are loyal and popular in social circles. They are also good at helping others find and fix their bad habits. Chinese New Year ends on March 2nd. Kung Hei Fat Choi. This celebration of Chinese New Year is brought to you by the Chinese Broadcast Network. For information on what is happening in the Chinese community right here in the GTA and abroad, tune in daily to 1059 The Region from 6 to midnight. The Chinese Broadcast Network for the best of Chinese culture and information from a local perspective. This is 1059 The Region. And someone way down here loses someone dear. to fall It's simple and it's plain Why should I complain What you are listening to is the new single by vocalist Joey Nicheforo called Winner Takes It All Welcome to What She Said. Did I say that right? You did. That was beautiful. Thank you very much. I'm impressed. Well, for any of our listeners who don't know, you are a Sudbury native and founding member of Popular Acts like the Canadian Tenors, and Destino. How did you get started? Uh, I was still in university studying opera at uh, the University of Toronto Opera School, and uh, I got a call from a lovely woman uh, out in Victoria, B.C., and she was the founder of the Canadian Tenors. Uh, And so I flew to Victoria, auditioned, and uh, decided to become a a member for a year, uh, and uh, left university early and since then, I've been uh, performing with uh, various groups, and it's been amazing. Okay, so so Destino, that, yes. that was founded when, 2006? 2006, yes. Okay, so it toured worldwide, performed at the 2008 Beijing and the 2010 Vancouver Olympics. Yes. But Carnegie Hall, I mean, that must have... Was that the peak? It was, yeah. At that point in my career, that was the peak. Um, I mean, as an opera singer, I had always dreamed about performing at Carnegie Hall. Um, I mean, there are tons of famous recordings of my favorite opera singers performing there, live performances. And I thought, my gosh, to actually perform there one day. And and we did. And it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I'll never forget it. Okay, so, okay. It's not that there's different genres. I understand that. But we're going from that to a cover of ABBA's Winner Takes All. How did that happen? (laughs) My career has evolved. I mean, when I first started singing in these groups, I mean, I was trained as an opera singer. It was so difficult for me to kind of let loose and sing these popular songs. And and honestly, for a few years, I sounded horrible. Uh, And uh, then decided to take some singing lessons and, and figure it out because I love singing you know, Barbara Streisand songs, uh, Shirley Bassey and, uh, and that type of music. Uh, and, uh, and then when I decided to do this song, um, it was one of my father's favorite songs. Uh, he passed away, unfortunately, a couple years ago. But when I started this solo journey, uh, it was almost an homage to him as well because it was one of his favorite bands. And, uh, and, I want, and the story of the song is so beautiful, too. Mm-hmm. And and you got to record at Abbey, Abbey Road. I did another amazing experience in my career uh, to perform at a place where famous artists performed and recorded. The Beatles. Uh, it was 
amazing. It was like walking into a museum at first, you know, with all these pictures looking down at you. It was so daunting. So how do people... It was part of history, yeah. How do people connect with you and and get hold of your music? Um, Facebook, Joey Nichefro. Also my website, joeynichefro.com and Instagram and uh, Twitter. Well, that's what she said for today, and we're going to be back tomorrow at noon right here on 105.9 The Region. And be sure to follow us on social media at What She Said Talk, performing now in our live studio sessions. Joey Nichefro with Winner Takes It All. Thank you. But tell me, does he kiss like I used to kiss you? Does it feel the same when he calls your name? Somewhere deep inside You must know I miss you But what can I say Rules must be obeyed The judges will decide The likes of me abide Spectators of the show staying low The game is on again A lover or friend A big thing or a small The winner takes it If it makes you feel sad And I understand You've come to shake my hand I apologize If it makes you feel bad Seeing me so tense No self-confidence The winner takes it Come on a journey like no other. 
where you will discover many robes that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's take this outside. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at Let's Take This Outside.ca. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.